Alright, it's the uh, second Sunday of April. Jeff and Sue, y'all come on up. Another interview testimony today. Normally we do that first Sunday. But uh, Easter was first Sunday, so here we are. Um, Jeff and Sue Nevels are our wise veterans. Uh, they've been married for about 30 years. In May, it'll be 35. 35? Yeah. What? One year, 35 times. That's right. That's right. Every year gets better. Honeymooning. Every time. Every year. That's good. They, she doesn't uh, agree with working that. Working on those brownie points. Yeah. That's right. They have uh, four children, two boys, two girls. Jeff is a retired Navy captain. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And uh, among other things, Sue is a phenomenal cook. So uh, let's... Uh, Jump right in. Jeff, we'll start with you. Why don't you tell us how you came to know the Lord? Okay. Uh, well, I was raised in a, in a Christian home. I was raised uh, in the church. Uh, I was raised in Southern Baptist churches, which for those of you who have been there, you might, you might join me in saying I'm a recovering Baptist. But, uh, you know, where we, we sing just as I am at the end of the service. And, you know, the pastor always knew that somebody was just waiting to walk the aisle. Uh, during a revival at the age of eight, I did walk that aisle, uh, not, not because I was tired of hearing just as I am, but I really truly felt this, this overwhelming guilt in my soul. At the age of eight, I was a, I was a little liar. I was a little thief. There was a, there was a five and dime store down the street and, you know, they had this big, big bins of Brock's candy and, you know, if I'd stolen a car, I'd probably, if I could have stolen a car, I probably would have, but I was stealing candy. But this, this overwhelming guilt, knowing that I needed forgiveness and needed a Savior, and, and that's, that's when the Holy Spirit entered my life, was mm. at the age of eight. That's a great insight, really. Uh, you, you know, sometimes it's, we think, well, it's harder for somebody who hasn't really gone off the deep end, but when the Holy Spirit works... And he convicts us of our sin. I mean, all sin is essentially the same when we compare it to God. It's not necessarily the same when we compare it to one another. But uh, that's very comforting for those of us with small children wondering, well, what are they, you know, well, they get convicted about lying to mommy and daddy. Um, that's good. Sue, how about you? How did you come to know the Lord? Um, similarly, I was raised in a Christian home, and I also walked the aisle at eight years old. But I don't really remember that much about it except for that after that really nothing changed so I you know I mean I don't I can't really tell you dates and things about when I was saved but I know that when I was in my early 20s I started to really feel God saying you're living for yourself you're Mm -hmm. not living for me Mm -hmm. and he pulled he pulled me toward him Mm -hmm. now y'all met in high school right we met in junior high high, actually junior Uh, high yeah seventh grade Sue's family transferred to Cincinnati and she walked into Mrs. Blanding's seventh grade math class. Now, can anyone beat that? Did any of y'all meet before seventh grade? Y'all did? Did y'all start dating before then? We met kindergarten. Kindergarten? Wow. That's awesome. The Packers just volunteered to be next. Uh, So, uh, well, how did that... I guess you didn't start dating then. Um, it, was it an arranged thing? <laughs> uh, 
how did y'all get together then? Met in seventh grade. Well, we were in band together, so we and we had a common circle of friends. So we 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 had a friendship first. What instruments? Uh, Sue played clarinet, and I played the trumpet and the baritone. Gotcha. Back then, so. Um, but we became a boyfriend girlfriend thing in, in the ninth grade, then through you know through band. And, how about that? Yeah. And was that just kind of steady until you got married, or how did that kind of develop? <laughs> <laughs> Sue, you look like you're uh, really talking about Jeff. That. Jeff liked me, but then he would go through periods where he didn't like me. Uh, <clears throat> so we had a few a few tearful breakups. I got you. In high school. I was foolish. I was. Foolish. <laughs> That's right. It's all my fault. <laughs> That's right. Good man. So when did y'all get serious and get engaged and, and all that? Uh, you can take that one. Well, we, we went off to different colleges at first. I'll just go there because Sue wanted to test our relationship. And I, frankly, I just assumed she was going to follow me to Miami of Ohio while I was wrong. And the first years of college were kind of rough because we weren't, you know, she was off dating other guys and I you know by this time I figured out you know Sue's the one for me I got a little tired of the breakup so yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I'll show and, him and the summer between our sophomore and junior year I was over at her parents house you know we're sitting around talking and uh, I just come to realize you know we're just kind of friends and I I said to her you know Sue you're like a sister to me and the change on her face was immediate, and I knew something good was, was in the works. And we were engaged just a couple months later. And then she did transfer to Miami, and we graduated together, and then we got married a week after graduation. That's cool. Um, so was that, were you already heading into the Navy when y'all got married? Yes, yeah, so I was in Navy ROTC during, during college, so I, I had a four-year payback that was required after then so and we, then were, we were on track for that 30 years in the navy what did you do in the navy uh, i was a logistics guy uh, uh finance and contracts and supply chain management kind of stuff so what is the what is your favorite uh what was your favorite part of being in the navy i love changing jobs every few years i not that i mastered everything i did i didn't but i i liked a new challenge every few years I like that and I, I like moving too we lived in some great places and liked living in different different spots what was your least favorite part least uh, probably the sea duty was the least favorite part especially when we had three kids under the age of four or four and a half and you know the ship's pulling away from the pier and I'm waving goodbye knowing that Sue had the had the harder job <laughs> look at the Matthews <laughs> don't you do that <laughs> Uh, you can't so help it, though. What was your exactly? What was uh, the best part for you? Um, the Navy's very stable as far as paychecks and insurance. I like stability. That was good. What was the least favorite? The deployments. Yeah. So it's, the same. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the favorite place that y'all have ever lived? Each of you. Good. We talked about this yesterday. Yeah. Um, I like different places for different things. Like the state of Washington is the most beautiful place we ever lived. Um, when we lived in Bahrain overseas, we got to travel a lot on Air Force flights free. I like that about that. So and I, I like living in the south yeah. here. So different things yeah. for different places. How about you? Uh, probably just probably the northwest, just because of the beauty and the recreation, the backpacking and hunting and the hiking and the water 
Yeah, and Memphis because we're here. Because of y'all. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the best church we've ever been to right here. That's cool. Truly. Um, so y'all were newly married in Athens, Georgia, and you said that was kind of a big time uh, for spiritual growth for both of you. Tell us about that. Okay. Well, we, uh, just been married a couple weeks. The Navy moved us to Athens, Georgia for my first school, and we got involved in a, in a Baptist church. We were still Baptist then. And um, there was a newlywed class that we were a part of. There were six, eight couples, all married within a few months, and there was an older mentoring couple there who, who ran the class, and it was just a, it was a time of growth. Uh, we, we really, frankly, hadn't been around people who were, who were 100% sold out to the Lord in every aspect of their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's easy to compartmentalize, and I had, I had done that, certainly in college. I had compartmentalized my life, and uh, that was just a real time of growth for us. I'm sure many of us can attest to that post-college to this point has been a time of significant growth. Uh, Sue, you went through some really hard times with infertility and miscarriage. Do you mind telling us about that? No. Um, we decided we decided we were going to start having kids, and I think we were around 26. He, had just, he actually got out of the Navy and went back in, so this was when he was out of the Navy. Um, and for some reason, our plans weren't happening. So um, started going to the doctor, trying to figure out what was wrong. And then we adopted our first child, Mike. That was a story in itself because we had less than we applied for adoption and we had him within two weeks. Oh yeah. And so we were like, you know, I was getting on the list in case this took five years. So this was, you know, a process of whoa, okay. <laughs> Yeah. We hadn't even told our parents we were even thinking about adoption, so imagine the shock when we yeah. have a baby in our arms. His parents did not believe he was ours. He, we, yeah, we they thought we borrowed a child or something. Yeah, they would not believe that. So. so we adopted Mike, we went back to the doctor, figured out what the problem was, and had two girls, and then we had three miscarriages after that. Wow. And uh, that was a time of really spiritual searching for me, questioning God, questioning whether God was really good. And, you know, I've, I could understand if I wanted to be rich or famous and he wouldn't give me what I wanted, but he said children are good. Why, you know, I didn't understand why he was being mean to me in my own mind. Well, what conclusion did you come to? Well, I uh, was off on a women's retreat. I think this was after the second miscarriage. But I was off on a women's retreat, and I just, I just told God, you have got to give me some verses to really... Show me that you're good because it, it doesn't feel like you're good right now. So, uh, you know, I stayed in my bed with a flashlight looking in my Bible for a long time. Wow. And uh, I found verse, uh, Psalm 119 really answered my questions. And it's, um, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. Good. But uh, there are several verses in there that are really good. But the best one was, I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Hmm. And that he didn't tell me why. But he reassured me that he was good and that he was in control, and there was a reason. Mm-hmm. He, in faithfulness, out of love, he mm-hmm. afflicted me. There's a lot of good to learn from that, um, that God only afflicts those that he loves in faithfulness, and he does all that he does in faithfulness because he is faithful. Also, in our dark, confused moments, it is a good thing to search the Bible with a flashlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, crying out to God and digging through the scriptures for answers 
is wonderful. Uh, marriage. You guys have a sweet marriage. Thirty-five year, one year, thirty-five times. Uh, it really has been a great encouragement to me personally. And uh, anything you want to say about marriage? What's the secret? <laughs> if there were secrets, we'd write a book. And, uh, we'd go on a tour or something. Uh, you know, it's it's really God. It's it's, it's really God who has given us this. Uh, and of course, He uses other people. Uh, there's a book I would highly recommend called His Needs, Her Needs. It's a book that, that we've read together three times now over the years. And it's it just help us, it's helped us to understand the other. And what we've learned is when I'm, I'm focused on meeting Sue's needs and she's focused on meeting my needs instead of us, us getting our own needs met, that's when kind of the magic happens and, and you're hitting on all cylinders. And I say magic, it's, it's, it's two becoming one. And uh, I mean, it's it's not a highly spiritual book. It's really not. It's, it's a practical book. Yeah, it's really. It's, it's real. things you already know, but you have to be reminded of. Yeah, but it's been a basis for us to talk about those. And like, you really want that? You really need to talk two hours a day? <laughs> when is that going to happen? He needs to read it again. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot. He yeah, forgot I, that I need chapter. to go back over it again. <laughs> yeah, but it is deeply spiritual in the sense that that is uh, serving one another. I mean, the heart of the book is not focusing on what I need, but focusing on what they need. And um, something that I saw Dave Hogue, one of our elders, do at someone's, uh, I think it was, uh, someone's rehearsal dinner. Will's rehearsal dinner. And uh, he, just a simple illustration, I've used it a thousand times, but here we are, those that are getting married, and here God is. And the closer each one of you personally get to God, the closer you get to one another. But what happens if only one person gets closer to God? Well, you're still the same distance apart, but one person's closer to God. And so I think about that. We, we grow in understanding His grace and mercy poured out on us. We grow in understanding that the response that He calls us to is to serve Him and serve others, period. And the person that He has put in our lives, you know, if you're married, to do that uh, most intensely is your spouse. And so focusing on the needs of the other, focusing on service to the other, focusing on growing in the Lord and serving the other. And uh, it's easy to hear that even for the other person. I hope they're hearing that. No, no, no. We all have to hear that for ourselves. Um, yeah, there's really only five chapters in the book I need to read. That's right. And there's only five chapters in the book that Sue needs to read. So. Are there five chapters? Ten. No, oh, there's ten like for ten or twelve. Gotcha, yeah, yeah, gotcha, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I mean, five for each. That's yeah, good. Yeah. So, Jeff, you retired from the Navy a few years back. Uh, again, I've been very encouraged by how you two are spending your retirement. I'm sure you enjoy more rest and relaxation than mm, you definitely. once did. But you're actively serving. Uh, for one, you took a two-year mission trip to Czech Republic. Uh, but not only that, in your life here, you just have this mindset of uh, you're always concerned to be, concerned to be serving. So uh, let's start with Czech Republic. What what was that like? What were you doing there? Uh, we both worked at an international Christian school. It was a school with about 90 kids from first grade to 12th grade. Uh, Sue tutored in, in English and math. And I was the business manager for the school. But, but the real, well... The, the joy for me was was outside the school, getting to know local Czechs and local uh, cafe owners and spending time with them. 
Uh, Sue really ministered to the young teachers um, that were there, you know, young gals, first time away from home, just out of college, and and uh, Sue provided a just a relaxing, safe place for them. She she had a Wednesday night dinner for them every week, and mm-hmm. of course I I skedaddled out of there, all these gals in the house, but uh, yeah. but just a real sweet time. So how did that come about? You guys always thought when we retire, this is what we'll do, or something shaped that. Well, when our when our kids graduated from Houston High School, uh, Will Savelle, I think, was the was the high school pastor back. I think then. Randy Ray was for mine. Randy Ray was for mine, but they gave him copies of uh, John Piper's book, "Don't Waste Your Life," and I don't I don't think our kids read it, but we read it. <laughs> and, That's good. And it started us thinking, what are we going to do after the Navy? What What does God have for us? I was not interested in and and go join another big organization and and all that and and that just really got us thinking uh jimmy had his uh, get out of the shire series uh ronnie stevens was here talking about pushing away from the shore of course i like that nautical stuff but uh uh, it just just got us thinking what you know having a retirement we've got some flexibility what are we going to do with that yeah now to protect against the thought that we only can do sacrificial service things when we retire. I mean, I think that's great for us to think about when retirement comes, how are we going to spend our retirement sacrificially? But you two are actively serving, uh, you know, in other ways other than going overseas. I mean, one way that I think about is hospitality. You have people in your home, uh, both short-term, like for a meal, long-term, like for a few months, um, both Christians and non-Christians, you know, it's a way to build fellowship with Christians. It's a way to reach out to, to non-believers. So have you always been concerned to have people in your home? We had to laugh about this one because um, that was actually a struggle for us early on. And it's me. It's me because I'm an introvert. Jeff is very outgoing and he's relaxed around everybody. But I'm not relaxed around everybody. I'm not relaxed up here. But um, You seem on. relaxed. She's not relaxed with herself. <laughs> I'm not relaxed with myself. <laughs> But um, I've always loved to have people over for dinner, but we've had some opportunities at the beginning to have people stay with us, and it took some adjusting, and it, it was something to get used to, but I still felt called to it, and I have grown to enjoy it more. Yeah. Well, we've been the recipient of that, too. During, during our time in Czech Republic, we'd come back here for a few weeks in the summer, and there was a, uh, a couple that used to be here at Grace, they still live in town, and, and we lived with them for four or five weeks six weeks so we were recipients of that of that blessing as well so we're called to do it too yeah I love that I think uh, most of us can relate to the on the front end not being totally comfortable with trying to create a you know continual pattern of having people in our home and for whatever reason but uh, that you've grown to love that uh, does anyone else want to ask anything or anything y'all want to add Sue, can I ask you a question? Uh, you've been successfully married for a while now, and I wonder first uh, the dynamic between your mother and father. What was that? What was that marriage like? And then the secondary question is, how was uh, Jeff similar or different than your dad? Hmm. Hmm. Um, both of us have parents that stayed together. They had good, solid marriages but not ones that we really wanted to imitate for various reasons, like, um, I don't know if I should go into all of them, but 
just well, just, we're most. I mean, we're most critical of our parents' marriage. I don't know why that is, but we just naturally. You, you, I don't know. You know I mean, who do you know better married than your than your own parents? So you you, know, you see the chinks in the arm. Yeah. So we didn't want a marriage just like our parents. Um, you know, like our moms were not real submissive to our dads. Um, we have. They were probably similar, but had some differences too. So. Yeah, good solid marriages, they stay together, but not something that we wanted to, to copy. Um, and the second question was, how is he like my dad? I didn't think he was like my dad, but the older we get, the more I see that he's similar. Not exactly alike. Not, my dad was a huge, huge extrovert. And when we got married, we I, I would have considered us kind of in the middle. But as we get older, I get more introverted and he gets more extroverted. So he's more like my dad now in my mind than he was before. Jeff, your uh, liability asset speech that you gave me six years ago, did you, uh, did you give that? Did you know which one I'm talking about? No, I don't. <laughs> when uh, Missy and I came over to the house to hit y'all up for money to support us for the Campus Crusade, uh, you, uh, you, you talked about... Uh, you give an accounting lecture? You talked about seeing... Uh, Seeing, not seeing your wife as a liability. Uh, mm-hmm. The differences, the differences mm-hmm. in your well, yeah, Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, I know what you're talking about, I think. Yeah. About 10 years into our marriage, you know, we've got three little kids, and, and you know, life is hard, and Sue's exhausted, and, and there was a time I could have given you a, a short list of things that I had complaints about with Sue. You know, well, Sue's not very adventuresome, and... You know, she you know she could be more fun, and of course she's exhausted from raising three kids. So I, I, I take the hit on that. But a brother in the church who I was probably complaining about, yeah, Sue, you know, I can't get her to go anywhere with me or whatever. He he knocked me aside the head with a two by four by saying, Jeff, you need to look at your wife like Christ looks at her. <laughs> Spotless. Blameless, and it was a it was a changing moment. Um, hopefully, that's what you're talking about. Well, that's what I wanted. Because that's what you did that day. <laughs> he was just trying to get you to cry. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I want those five bucks back. Yeah. <laughs> it was three. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Anyone else? Can you top that? Get them to cry harder? Mm. Uh, Cassie. Um, Are your kids all Christians? That's a very good question. Mm. We have two kids that walk pretty consistently with the Lord, and we have a third one that we're not quite sure about. Who would say he is? He would would claim that he is. uh, You don't see the fruit that you'd like to see. Um, There's some fruit, but, but anyway. He can lay the gospel out for you and says he believes it. So. And then there's one that's like off the wall, really, in terrible things. Yeah. That's their son, Robbie, that we've prayed for a lot. Mm-hmm. They adopted him at eight years old mm-hmm. from Romania mm-hmm. and uh, lived the first eight years of his life in a Romanian orphanage. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is... damaged. Yeah, one, you know... Quite a few considering adoption and things, and if you ever do, it's good to hear all sides of the story. And uh, 
they have two adopted children, mm-hmm. Mike and Robbie, and um, can speak into that, you know, just the reality of the difficulties in certain contexts and, and things like that. Anyone else? A uh, couple closing thoughts from me. First, uh, Jeff and Sue are not in here every week because we need chaperones. Um, they are genuinely concerned to invest in the lives of those who are in our season of life. And that's whether single or married, uh, whether kids or no kids. Um, they have walked this path before us, and uh, I just want to encourage you to take advantage, take advantage of them, you know. Uh, but please don't be afraid to open your life to them in whatever capacity. They have a proven track record of walking alongside those that are hurting, uh, those that are battling personal sin, those who are overtaken by personal sin, those who are in a bad spot in their marriage, those who need some financial advice. Um, you know, long-term counsel, short-term counsel, I mean, they just, that's why they're here. And uh, so don't let that opportunity pass you by, even just to learn a little bit there. And the last thing I'll say on that subject of hospitality, um, <clears throat> y'all have heard me reference the book Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert by Rosaria Butterfield. If you haven't read it, you should read it. Uh, I would say it's easily in the top five most impactful books that I've ever read. Um, and uh, she, you know, really because there's just such a range of things that were impactful. Um, but uh, Rosaria wrote the book about her conversion to Christ and her growth in Christ. Uh, the general trajectory of the story is she was a radical feminist lesbian. She basically says, like, the people that you see that are leading the charge in the culture for all things gay rights, she was leading that charge. And uh, she is now a Christian, uh, a pastor's wife. Uh, they have four kids. The pastor's a man. Um, and so, you know, uh, again, it was so impactful because there's such a wide range of things that I learned from it. Uh, she has some very sound, sane theology on obedience in the Christian life, um, particularly when you don't feel like doing the things that you're called to do. In fact, you feel something totally opposite. She, When she became a Christian, she still felt like a homosexual. And so she, um, there's just some great stuff. And even if homosexuality is not your sin struggle, whatever your propensity is and you feel this more than you feel obedience. She, she navigates that carefully. Um, many other reasons that, uh, why I like the book, but one that I want to talk about today, hospitality in our homes. Now, she makes a distinction between fellowship and hospitality. Uh, she said something like, fellowship is having Christian friends in your home. Hospitality is inviting the stranger into your home or inviting non-Christians in your home. Uh, it's a distinction that she roots in scriptures, fellowship. We went through Acts 2 recently. When we are talking about community, uh, the early church, and it says that they were breaking bread day by day in their homes. And that's, that's like fellowship with Christians. And then hospitality rooted in the command to love the sojourner. Uh, I'll read that passage real quick, or one of the passages. Deuteronomy 10, uh, 17 to 19 says this. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God 
who is not partial and takes no bribe. He executes justice, or, or it could say he defends the cause. He defends the cause for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. So in light of God's love for the sojourner, we are called to love the sojourner. Um, now in, that, in this day, in, in Bible days, the sojourner was someone traveling from place to place and he would stop through their town. Um, and God tells His people, if they pass through, invite them in, feed them, give them clothing. Well, you know, think about, they're not just pulling stuff out of the pantry and people aren't just getting back in their car. I mean, it's very different than that. They're preparing a meal in those days was a lot of work. It might have, it took a lot of time. It might have even included killing the animal, you know, and then kind of cleaning it and then cooking it. Um, all to say, it was a big commitment that, that God was calling His people to. And so in Rosaria's words, she says, hospitality means meeting the stranger at the gate and bringing them in. Um, one way to apply this would be uh, through foster care or safe families, which is basically like foster care light, foster care with a smaller time commitment. Um, you know, in the foster care or safe family systems, there are a lot of sojourners wandering from place to place, or worse, being passed around from place to place. And uh, we can invite them into our homes, uh, a great way not only to, sh- to care for their immediate needs, but also for their everlasting need to know Christ. Um, we're going to talk a lot more about that in the near future. That's, I think I told you all that's what our missions conference this year is going to be about. Uh, the forgotten children of Shelby County dealing with adoption, foster care, safe families, and, and that sort of thing. Um, but another way that Rosaria applies this is inviting non-Christians into our homes. Specifically, she's concerned to welcome the homosexual community into our homes because that's where she came from. Uh, but not just homosexuals. I mean, she talks a lot just about her neighbors on the street that she lives on. And, um, you know, people that they're not Christians and maybe they wouldn't come to church if you invited them, uh, especially on the first date, but they would come to your house to have a meal kind of thing. And, you know, I just think our, our homes are a great bridge to Christ and a, and a great bridge into the church. So, in talking about fellowship, you know, uh, breaking bread with one another, I've challenged us to set goals to do that regularly, uh, to have Christian friends into our home on a regular basis, and we've talked about having non-Christians in our home as well, and I just want to revisit that, remind us that that's still a good idea, Um, and I still think if we're going to make that happen... um, the only way I know that we're going to be consistent is that if we pick a day, that that's our day during the week when we're going to have somebody into our home. Um, so I would say start, I don't know how you guys plan out your months, if you sit down at the beginning of the month and look at a calendar or whatever you do, but um, you know, start by planning out your month, pick a day, um, one week have church friend, uh, next week have a non-Christian friend or acquaintance, uh, have a neighbor over, you know, someone you met recently, whatever it is. And eventually, maybe we can get to the point where we're having a day for Christian friends and a day for um, non-Christian friends. And look, I know some of you are in, you're about to have a baby or whatever it is, and so it's easy to get overwhelmed about this and just say, that's for another phase in life. 
And I think the point is, with meals, it's something that we all do. It's something that we're going to do every day. And it's something that, yeah, it is sacrificial. Um, but that's kind of keeping with what we've been talking about recently. We had a great discussion in here a few weeks ago just about being intentionally sacrificial with our lives. Um, you know, making sacrificial decisions in service and obedience to Christ. Getting out of our comfort zones into the place where the magic happens. We all have a heart to reach our neighbors for Christ and, and to reach those that don't know Him. You know, what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. The second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, just thinking about, I think you guys have been a good example of that um, on both fronts. You know, inviting people into your home from the church and inviting people into your home uh, really from all over the world. I mean, Czech women. Uh, or uh, other people that are hurting and need a place. And, and so we can learn from that and, uh, you know, imitate them as, as they imitate Christ. So let's pray. Our Father in heaven, um, we thank you, Lord, for the work that you've done in Jeff and Sue's lives. Uh, we know that uh, nothing that we see that is good in them has come from them. But by Your grace, Lord, You've saved them. By Your grace, You have transformed them. By Your grace, You've given them a sweet marriage and a strong marriage. By Your grace, You've sustained them through uh, what amounted to very difficult years in raising children. And uh, Lord, we do continue to pray for their children. Um, Pray for Mike that You would establish uh, him in the faith that he knows to be true and grow him in Christ like he's never grown. Even even this year, Lord, that it would be a monumental season of growth for Robbie, that you would continue to protect him and save him from himself, from those around him. Lord, we pray that you would have mercy on him and pour out your grace. Uh, we do pray that, that he would walk with you uh, and know you and love you and that you would uh, heal and restore all that is broken and lost. And, and for the girls as well, Lord, that you would make them godly women and And uh, we just thank you for the example uh, that Jeff and Sue are to us, for the encouragement that they bring. And we recognize that it's all because of you. Uh, Help us to learn from it. Help us to uh, likewise be able to say the same thing at 35 years of marriage, uh, that it is uh, uh, one year 35 times. And uh, help us to have godly marriages. Uh, Help us to raise our children in a godly manner. And just like they have, to entrust the results to you. Uh, Thank you for your grace, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, how about a hand for Jeff and Sue?